morning and welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Let's stand and begin to give praise to the Lord. Because the battles that we fight are not ours, but they are His.
Blessed be the Lord, because he have heard the voice of our supplications. Lord, we come before you now, humbly as we know how, but for our supplications. And can we all bow our heads in reverence to God as we come to him in prayer. Most heavenly Father, our almighty and wonderful God, Lord, we just want to thank you for today. We know that if it had not been for you, Lord, who was on our side, we wouldn't even be here today. So we thank you for the very breath that is in our lungs. Daniel said in chapter 5 that our very next breath comes from God. Thank you, dear Lord, for the heart that is beating strong in our bodies, for the breathing that we're able to do, all because of you. We just have to humble ourselves and say, thank you, Lord. Father, we ask that you continue to bless us and watch over us throughout this week. But first, dear God, let us ask you to forgive us. Forgive us, O God, of any sins we may have committed against you. Lord, let no iniquity have dominion in our hearts. Take the evil out, as David said, creating us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us. Help us, Lord, to do things your way not our way. Order our steps according to your word, dear God. I want to do what you want us to do. We want to please you, O God. We want everything we do to be done by faith, of faith. Otherwise, the Bible says we cannot please you. Father God, we ask that you bless this service. Not only fill us with your holy presence, with your precious anointing, we ask that you fill this entire building all over the internet with your precious Holy Spirit. We want to feel you, oh God. We know you're there. But Lord, we want a double portion of your wonderful Holy Spirit. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will watch over our staff members as they're heading down to uh, Tennessee this week. Dear God, give us travel mercies. Uh, we have a couple other people who are traveling this week. Uh, they ask also that we pray for them. One is flying out to Atlanta today. So, dear God, keep us safe. It's a dangerous world out there like we have never seen before. As your word said it would be, keep us safe, dear God. Give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. We need your holy protection. Let us never think we can do this on our own. But, Lord, we ask that you will bless, please, our elderly, our, our youth, our little ones, like the little baby over there, Vincent and Queenie's little baby over there, just crying out. I know he's praising the Lord, but bless even the smallest to the oldest. And Lord, we ask a prayer for those of us who are lonely, who need, dear God, people in our lives. You said it's not good for man to be alone. So Lord, I just feel in my heart to say, please, help people who are by themselves, who are lonely. And Lord, Let us leave that in your hands. We want you to send the people into our lives. You know who you have already determined would be best in each of our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you one more time for watching over us, for loving us. And we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory in that most magnificent, mighty of names, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our precious Lord and our Savior. And Can we all say amen and amen? You may be seated. God bless you.
Hey everyone, my name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. We want to say thank you to everyone who helped make Community Day special. We had so much fun and had the chance to meet some of our neighbors and share the love and grace of Jesus with them. Days like these cannot happen without your involvement, and we are so grateful for each of you. We are preparing another outreach event for October. On Monday, October 31st, we will be hosting a trunk or treat. We will have more details soon about the event, but beginning Tuesday, September 27th, we will be receiving candy donations for the event. We are asking for small wrapped candy of all kinds. You can drop off your donations to either campus during office hours or service times. Stephen and Debbie Scholes have served the Lord as evangelists, missionaries, and pastors for more than 40 years. They will be visiting with us from October 6th through 16th. His life experiences include the death of a spouse, child, and grandchild. He knows both the pain of life and the joy of God's presence and tells his story with humor and passion. Stephen will be preaching for two weekends and will be available to meet with small groups and families while he's here. If you'd like to host Stephen and Debbie for a meal or for your small group meeting, please contact the church office. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning to all of those online, too. Welcome, and thank you for coming. So if you are new here, again, I would like to say welcome. And make sure before you leave, once you leave the sanctuary and then go outside, you will see the Welcome Center where you will receive a free gift and be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff. And again, it's a Welcome Center, so you can just, you know, look around because it's a pretty place. And, of course, for those online, uh, you can simply click the... I almost forgot. Sorry. I'm tired today. You can click the connect card button at the top. No, not connect card. I'm messing up today. You can, you can click the new here button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. It's been a long week, so I'm kind of tired. And for now, for connect cards. So if you're in person, you will see a connect card either at your table or at your desk. So we would love for you to fill that out. So we know that you're here today. And also you can write prayer request because we're always praying for you. And of course, for those online, you can click the connect card button at the top. Now you can do that. Or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. Thank you, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. Yes, let me add my welcome to all of you here, all of you online. We're glad that you're with us today. And we pray that you're uh, open, receptive, ready to uh, experience God's presence in your day. You know, I was thinking uh, earlier this week, we do this every week. We do this every Sunday. Every weekend we gather together. And, and there are times when it gets monotonous. And I think, wait, this shouldn't be monotonous. We're doing this to, to be rejuvenated, to be refreshed. And right, because you need that refreshment. You, need that, you need that. God called it Sabbath. You need that Sabbath rest. And so it is good to gather together. And so I hope that whether you're online or whether 
you're here in the room. Let's open ourselves to the presence of God this morning. One of, as, as you take that uh, packet of information that's on the chair or, or on the table, you've got the cards in it. We want you to use those things. But also the offering envelope that is there is for us to, to give ourselves and to say to our Lord, Lord, we trust you with all the things that we have. And we have some principles here that we like to follow as, uh, for generosity, just to remind us. Let's read this principle number seven together. Would you read with me? We give with a sense of loyalty in support of fellow believers. And, I've, and, and on the, the, the announcement video, we mentioned, uh, Lynn mentioned Stephen and Debbie Scholes. They're actually missionaries from England, and so they'll, they'll be coming and joining us. I've, Carolyn and I have known them for probably 15, 20 years. I've heard him preach many times, and uh, he's a fabulous speaker. You're going to want to hear him. But his life story uh, and, and the way that he communicates God's grace will certainly be a blessing to all of you. And as Lynn said, he's, a, his, he's available. I'm creating a schedule for him. So if you've got a group that meets during his time here, he'd be glad to come and visit with you and uh, encourage you with that. Uh, here's a scripture. So, so we want to support missionaries. We do support many missionaries, and Stephen and Debbie are part of that in our, uh, as we share what God has given to us with those who are proclaiming the gospel around. Let's read this scripture together that supports that principle of sharing with others. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? It's a powerful and pointed question that causes us all to think about how are we using the things that God has given to us. Let's continue to worship God. I ask you to stand if you're here in the room with me as you are able, and we'll return to uh, singing and praising God and listening to God as we lift our voices to Him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do gather in Your name. We have called upon Your Holy Spirit to come and be present with us. Now, God, as we use, as we use our minds in a different way to sing and to listen to music, we ask Your Holy Spirit to also communicate with us. Come, Holy Spirit. We need to be refreshed. We need to be reminded of your love for us. We need to experience again in our lives your power, not just to consume it for ourselves, but to be empowered by your presence as we go out from this place in a few moments to give your love and your power to others. We're here for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God never changes, does he? He's always the same. He's consistent. If he loved us once, he'll love us always. If he did something for us once, he's always there. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations.
never changes You heard your children then You hear your children now You are the same God You are the same God You answered prayers back then And you will answer now You are the same God You are the same God You were providing then You are providing now You are the same God You are the same God You moved in power then God moved in power now You are the same God You are the same God You were a healer then You are a healer now You are the same God You are the same God You were a Savior then You are a Savior now You are the same God You are the same God Oh God, my God, I need you Oh God, my God, I need you now How I need you now Oh rock, oh rock of ages I'm standing on your faithfulness Oh your faithfulness Oh God, my God, I need you Oh God
today. Move among us, Holy Spirit, and fill us fresh so that we can be your witnesses, so that we can have boldness to be your witnesses, so that we can give you praise and honor and glory in a world that despises you. God, we want to show people your love. You answered prayers. You were a savior. You were a healer. You were providing way back then. And you are the same now. Yesterday, today, and forever. God, we thank you that that's who you are. And we declare it today. Lord, whether it's from a point of faith or from a point of experience. We declare that that is who you are. Psalm 18 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the earth shows his handiwork. From the very beginning of creation, everything that God has created points to him and gives witness of his presence in our world. Amen? So today, if the stars and the sun and the moon worship him, And that should be our response too. God, we worship you today. And God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, Spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your Your promise, the 
the creator of the universe wants to be our friend and wants to be our Lord and wants to be our Savior and wants us to be His children is pretty mind-blowing. I don't know if you have a chance to think or if you take time to think about that very often, but I mean, consider it. The God of the universe talked about this last night. I I hadn't thought about this concept until we were in the middle of singing this song last night, but everything in creation that God created except one thing 
He spoke into existence. The earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, light, animals, water, air, everything. He spoke it into existence. But when it came time to make man, when he made Adam, he reached his hands down into the dust of the earth and he formed a man. So everything else, he spoke into existence. But when he created us, he used his hands. And I don't know about you, but, you know, great job with the sun and all that, but I think I'm his favorite. And I think we're all his favorites because of how he created us. You know? I mean... I'm the oldest, I'm the only son, I'm the oldest child in my family, and I'm the favorite, and everybody knows it. God created us because he wanted to have fellowship with us. So, yeah, the heavens declare glory, the earth shows forth his handiwork, but they're just doing what they were set in motion to do. We today have a choice. The New Testament, Paul says... To give ourselves, give our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Now, you want to know the problem with with a living sacrifice? It can get up and move off the altar. But our choice today, God, is to worship you because you deserve to be worshipped. Lord, we with passion in our hearts worship you because you created us to do that. You loved us, and you still do love us. So, God, we give you our worship, and we give you our praise today because you deserve it. And, God, we just ask you in the name of Jesus that as we continue in this service today, Lord, every ask, we have sensed your Holy Spirit in this place from the very beginning. And so, Lord, today we lift up prayers for our children's ministry, for April and her team as they minister to our children. Father, we pray that as... As our teachers teach them that, Lord, you would you would allow them to to hear you calling their name, that you would pour into them. Anoint our teachers today and our kids ministry team for Pastor Roger as he comes to bring the message today. Let your anointing rest on him and let your spirit speak to us through him. And we will be open to receive and to respond. In the name of Jesus, we pray and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
We're going we're gonna to miss that music when it's gone. And, uh, hey, I want to thank you all who came last week to our community day. What a beautiful day that was. Thank you to all the, uh, the staff and the volunteers. Oops. All the servants who, uh, who gave of their time and, and sacrifice so that we could show that uh, grace. You know, rain or shine, God is still here. And uh, we're grateful for that. And uh, some of you came back today, and I'm so pleased uh, that you came to join us once again. I want see if you can relate to this experience. Now, I'm going to describe something as Community Day, but this, I didn't really see this happen. This is a fictitious story. But I think as we hear the story, we all can say oh, it very well could have happened. And many of us might have had experiences like this. So let's say Aaron and James' families met at the community day last week while Aaron and James were playing together through the obstacle course, the, the bounce house that was down in the gym. James was going first through that course and made his way quickly over the first several obstacles. But when he got to that hill that he had to climb up the ropes to get to the top of the slide, he had trouble with that, and it slowed him down. Well, Aaron was trying to uh, wait until James got through, but Aaron got a little impatient. And he started before Aaron got to the top of, I mean, Aaron started before James got to the top of the slide. And they caught up together at the top of the slide. So Aaron did what he was supposed to do. He waited for James to to go down. But James had some shorts on and his skin got stuck on the, you know, we've all been there. His his shorts creeped up and he got he had to push himself down the slide because he didn't have enough mass to, to go down all the way. And now Aaron's starting to get up, upset and Aaron decides, oh, it's just time for me to go down. And Aaron's got some pants on and he slips right down that slide and he gets down to James and smack his foot. His heel goes right in the middle of James' back. And James cries out, ouch! And he crawls off in pain and he walks slowly over to his mother, starting to cry. And as Aaron gets out, Aaron says, cry baby. And then Aaron runs back to the beginning of the obstacle course to get in line again. Now this time when Aaron comes through the second time, he's met by his dad at the end of the course. And dad says, you need to go apologize to James because you hurt him. I don't want to. It was an accident. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't do anything wrong, Aaron said to his dad. That doesn't matter, matter Dad replied. Your actions hurt him. And you called him a crybaby? That wasn't nice. You have to say you're sorry. But I don't feel sorry, Aaron said. Now Dad's starting to get frustrated, and Dad grabs Aaron's hand and says, Come on. And they walk over to James. And then when he gets to James, Dad says, You tell him you're sorry. Aaron looks angrily at James and says in a mumbled voice, Sorry. And he rolls his eyes. Dad says to Aaron, Now say it like you mean it. So Aaron now rolls his eyes at Dad and mutters, Okay. And he looks again at James and says, James, I'm sorry. Sorry I kicked you in the back and called you a crybaby. I won't do it again. Now, I don't know if that actually happened or not. It could have happened. And as I, as I played that scenario out, you can see very easily 
how those things could have happened. And you might, you might even think of a time in your own life as a parent when you had to say to your child, tell so-and-so you're sorry, and you went through that as a parent. And if we are all honest, we probably are us adults, we can also think back to when we were children and when we did something that we needed to apologize for and didn't want to apologize. And our parents or a teacher or somebody said to her, you need to apologize. And we had absolutely no feelings of apology. And why do I have to say something that I don't mean? <laughs> you tell me to be honest, but we don't. My question is this, what makes the difference between a lame apology and a sincere, legitimate apology? What makes the difference? I say that it's a matter of the heart. Not just what you think, what you know. It's a matter of the heart. And that's what we're talking about today. As we serve God, as we serve others, we're talking about the heart of a servant. It is a matter of the heart. Last week we considered that saved people serve people because their minds are changed. And we talked about the thinking that goes on to be a follower of Jesus and to be a servant of Jesus. We have to, we have to know the right things. We have to know the truth of Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we need to, it's an intellectual thing that, that involves us. We have to know who we are serving and why we are serving. But today we consider the change in heart that it takes to serve others genuinely, sincerely, in the name of Jesus Christ. I want us to look again at that chart that we've been building each week showing the difference between just volunteering and being called to uh, to serve others in the name of Jesus. And, and I know that these, these two terms, we could, we could split hairs on the terms and say, well, when I volunteer at so-and-so, I do some of these things that you're describing as called. Good. I'm glad for that because that's the point. <laughs> because none of us should volunteer to do anything that we're really not motivated and it's not in our heart to do. So really, this is a list of, of things that, on the one hand, so, someone who volunteers and their heart is not in it, Whereas someone who is called, their heart is definitely in it. What are the differences? So we, talk about, we talked about someone who just volunteers. It's, it's just community service. It's just me throwing some time out into the community or some task into the community. Whereas when you're called to do something, you see it as ministry, whether it's in the, uh, for, for the church or for another organization. You could, you could volunteer at a soup kitchen that has nothing to do with religion. And it's still a ministry when you do it in the name of Jesus. And volunteers without the heart complain about the cost, but those who are called to serve and they have a heart for it, they understand that I'm going to have to make a commitment and I'm willingly sacrificing. And those, who, those, those without the heart shy away from relational conflict. I'm not going to deal with you anymore. But with the, when, we're, when our heart is in it, we recognize that unity within that organization is critical to the organization fulfilling its calling. And so we will work through those relationships and do the work to build good relationships with others. Volunteers 
don't expect to, to do much preparation. But those who are called are willing to do what it takes to prepare in order to serve well. Volunteers whose heart is not in it run away when criticism comes. They're not going to take any criticism. But those who are called will receive feedback in order to improve their service. And those, when, when we see others come to do the same task that we're doing, if our heart is not in it, we may see them as competition, taking my place. Who are you to take my job? That's my job. Get out of that spot. But those who are called to do it are grateful to have help and for others to use their gifts in the task for God. And today we add to the list that those who volunteer when their heart is not in it, they quit when it gets tough. But those who are called to serve dig in and persevere. So today we focus on the change in our hearts that comes through following Jesus, which results in meaningful service to others. Not just for ourselves, but for them as well. As we use our gifts, as we use our talents, as we use our ability, as God created us to do. What a beautiful image Pastor Bill gave to us as he talked about God speaking creation into existence. But when it came time for creating human beings, God reached down into that which He had created. He took His hands and formed it into the shape of a human being. And then what did God do? God breathed His very own breath into that. So that our very life comes from the breath of God. All of creation is just spoken into being. But we as human beings live by the very breath of God. That is a powerful thing for us to think about. And every time we take in a breath, somebody said this not long ago, when we take in a breath and we exhale it out, the sound of the breath coming in and out resembles the very name of God that the Hebrew people gave Him, whose name was too precious to pronounce. Now, it had the letters, and we would say that name as Yahweh. And you can hear the breath, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. We don't exist without the breath of God being in us. You're important. You are important. We remember the Scripture that Jesus said to us from Acts 1.8, which is the basis of this series in serving Him. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When the breath of God comes upon you, you will be My witnesses, telling people about Me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. And that follows, as we've, as we've heard every week, Jesus' command. He said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And therefore, I command you to go make disciples, make students, make, teach them, make followers of Me in all of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you. Always, even to the ends of the earth. And it dawned on me last night that as Jesus gives us these, these two words, 
It says, you will tell people everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It, he's, he's showing geography to show the expanse of the witness of his people. But when it comes, when, when we remember what he said in, in, him, uh, in his commands to us to go, he doesn't say go everywhere or he doesn't. He, yes, he does. Excuse me. <laughs> he says to go all places. But when it gets to the point of him saying, I am with you, he doesn't put it in, in, in the perspective of geography. He puts it in the perspective of time. He says, I am he doesn't say, there with you. He says, I am with you. And he doesn't say, I will be there with you wherever you go. He says, I am with you always. All times. I am with you at all times. Even to the end of the age. So in the command, he tells us where to go. And in and then he says, I am with you always. I want us to look once again at Acts chapter 8, verses 14, this time through 20, 25. And once again, we look at this, we see this person named Simon. Last week we met, we talked about uh, Philip. And Philip met Simon. And Simon saw the power of God through the servants of God, Stephen and Philip. And as they did their service for God, while they were distributing food, while they were traveling, they told people about Jesus. And Simon believed. We saw that in the last paragraph of what we read last week. And now we're going to read the next paragraph in verse, beginning with verse 14 of chapter 8. And it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard the people of Samaria had accepted God's message. Samaria is probably 50, 60, maybe 70 miles north of Jerusalem. From here to the beach. And, and they heard that the people of that area accepted God's message and they wanted to see what was happening, so they sent Peter and John down there. And as Peter and John arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. Because they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. Remember Jesus said, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers... And then they received the Holy Spirit. Now Simon saw that the Spirit, the power of God, was given when the apostles laid their hands on the people. So Simon said, I want that. And he offered them money to buy this power. He said, let me have this power too, he exclaimed. And so, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Simon, we know, was a powerful sorcerer. And, and there are spiritual powers in this world. The Bible teaches us this. There are spiritual powers in this world that we do not, cannot, and probably never will totally understand. 
We might be able to measure it. We might be able to, 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 to devise some kind of instrument to see the effects of that power. But we will never fully understand it. Because it is spiritual. And we are human. But Simon, even in those days, without the scientific resources that we have, recognized that there are spiritual powers and he was using them to do amazing things. And he made a career of this. And he was wealthy. And he was famous. And he was popular. And then James and John come and they do some of the similar things. And and Simon says, hey guys, we're colleagues in this magic work. And you've got something I have not seen yet. Let me buy that so that I can sell it to and we can have a business. Let's see how Peter responds. But, remember I've told you to pay attention when you see the word but in the Bible. Pay attention to the two things that are coming in contrast. But Peter replied, May your money be destroyed with you for thinking that God's gift can be bought. And we're back to the thinking thing again. It's important what we think about God. It's important what we think about Jesus. It's important what we think about the Holy Spirit. God created us to think. I know some of us do that better than others. (laughs) But we all think we all have a brain. We all have a mind. May your money be destroyed with you. That's, that's a prayer. Is that a blessing or a curse? Sounds like it. And then he says, you can have no part in this. How come, Peter? Because your heart is not right with God. How are we doing our business? We come to church and our heart is right in church, but when we go to work on Monday, is our heart in our business? Is our heart right with God every day of the week? Or do we go to work and we we act, we think, we behave just like the work wants us to act, think, and behave. But when we come to weekends, we act, think, and work just like the church thinks we ought to behave. You can't live a life like that. It's not a life of integrity. It's a difficult life. It's a dual life. It's a duplicitous life. And you can't carry that. You can't you can have no part in this because your heart is not right with God. So what do I do about that? Peter continues. He says, repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps He will forgive your evil thoughts. Remember? The thinking and the heart go together. For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Now, remember... Peter is not just being mean to Simon. He's not just casting him away. Remember in the previous paragraph, Simon heard the message of Jesus Christ and Simon believed it. But now he's being corrected in his thinking and challenged in his spirit, in his heart. God does both of these things in our lives. And God expects to do both things in our lives. 
So repent of your wickedness. Pray to the Lord for forgiveness, for I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy. Bitter jealousy. And it's holding you captive. It's limiting you from living the life that you were created to live. And how does Simon respond? He says in verse 24, Pray to the Lord for me. If my heart is not right with God, how can I even approach God? So you, Peter, pray to the Lord for me. That's why we have prayer stations. <laughs> That's why I invite you to come and pray. That's why when you're in the hospital, we say we offer somebody to come and pray with you because there are times in our lives when we just can't pray for ourselves. We need the faithful to come and pray for us. It's good and right. To say, just please pray for me. You don't have to tell everything. The Holy Spirit prays for us also when we can't pray for ourselves. Pray to the Lord for me, Simon exclaimed, so that these terrible things you've said won't happen to me. Verse 25 concludes, After testifying and preaching the word of the Lord in Samaria, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, and they stopped in many Samaritan villages along the way to proclaim the good news. I said proclaim on purpose, (laughs) because that's what preaching is. Preaching is an announcement of good news. That's why we proclaim it. We preach it. And the proclamation, the announcement is to be sent out through all the believers. Not just the one who's standing behind the podium or behind the pulpit. To all the followers of Jesus. We all have the task of telling others, proclaiming and announcing good news as God leads us. Well, think about this idea of a pure heart, the heart of a servant, the heart of one who follows God. So I want us to go to the Psalms, and, I, and I've put on the tables and the chairs, and I apologize if you're online. I don't have a way to get this, but if you email us or whatever, give us I'll get a copy of this to you. But I've put on the tables and on your chairs or the chair near you this little, uh, this little card that says at the top, God's view of the heart. And from the book of Psalms. And so these are these are many Psalms. We're not going to read all these. You're looking at, are we going to read all of these things? Pastor Bill said that. We're going to read. We're not going to be here for three hours. No, we're not going to read on. It's homework for you. But take this home, or maybe if you want to share it with somebody, take your phone, make a picture of it, and share it with somebody. Make a little PDF or a photo of it and share it. Because I, I didn't create this, so I didn't put my name on it. I, I found this out of my study Bible. But it's a good, it's a good thing, so I'm just sharing it with you. But let's, look at, let's, let's just review this list. And remember, Peter called Simon wicked. He said that he was jealous and he was trapped in his sin. So let's see, even if the, in the book of Psalms, how did Peter know the condition of Simon's heart? It's because Peter knew the Psalms. So let's look at these things. The heart of the wicked, it says in the Psalms, is cunning and scheming. Simon was a shrewd businessman. It was deceptive. Simon was a magician. (laughs) Magicians always deceive. Hypocritical. The heart of the wicked. 
And the scriptures that are referenced behind each of these terms talks about the, the wicked person being hypocritical. They lack integrity. Simon was trying to live two lives. The wicked are greedy. They are jealous. Peter named that. They're increasingly arrogant. They're callous, stubborn. They are committed only to themselves. And destruction is a way of life leading to its own destruction. In other words, they're, they're, they're trapped in their sinfulness, which only leads to their demise. Destruction is a way of life, and it only leads to their own destruction. But what is the heart of one seeking God's ways? It's the heart of who openly confesses their sorrow, their trouble, their anguish, and their despair. It's good and right to say to God, My heart breaks. God, I don't understand why I'm going through this cancer. I don't understand why my, why, why my sister is going through this cancer. I don't know why so-and-so died, God. My heart breaks. God can handle your disappointment. God can handle your confusion. God can handle your anger. He is not going to say, get away from me. I remember saying to my children, don't you be angry with me. Parents, how many times have we said that? Don't you be angry with me. Why not? As a parent, I'm doing something that causes my child to be angry. Why shouldn't a child be angry? Okay. Dad, you made a decision that makes me angry. Dad, you better be big enough to handle your child's anger. Even if it might be unjust, unfair, and wrong. You made it, you, you said something, you did something, you made a decision. It might have been the right decision for the, for the, for the family or for, for somebody else, but it made your child angry. God can handle our anger. God can handle our anger. And we can grow through our pain, the psalmist says. Not, not we can, but often growth. <laughs> the only outcome of our pain is that we grow up. That we mature. We pray intensely, those who seek God. We long for God. We trust in God. We open our hearts and let God examine our heart. Evaluate my heart, God. Review. Most of us who work, we have an annual review, which we hate. Even pastors have annual reviews. <laughs> which, our, which our council of lay elders is, is engaging in right now. Pray for the council of elders as they evaluate Pastor Rogers' performance in the last year and set objectives and, and goals and desires for things for me to work on. And help Pastor Roger hear it without getting defensive. <laughs> Amen. It's never easy to hear that. But the one who seeks God's ways in his or her life opens our heart to God and say, God, look at my heart. Test me and know my thoughts, O oh God. And we have an unwavering commitment and we are content even when we are broken. I told the story 
Linda, who you see up here at times, she, she got a cut on her hand and it severed uh, one of her nerves. And so she's been wearing a cast for the last two weeks, hoping that that nerve would heal. She went to the doctor to get the stitches removed and that cast removed. And she was all excited that she could get it off. But the nerve did not heal properly. And so she's got two more weeks of brokenness. <laughs> And yes, she gets impatient. But by the power of God, she finds contentment as she is waiting and waiting and waiting for that healing to come. God gives us contentment as we wait. Let's look at this last section on this card that I've given you. It says, the heart of one who is being healed by the Lord. What are the effects of being healed by the Lord? We gain strength. We gain confidence. We become vital. Everything in our life comes alive. We receive the desires of our heart, God says, because our heart is the same as God's heart. So therefore, if we're desiring the same things that God desires for us, we're going to get those things. And we are filled with joy and praise. What a beautiful thing it is. I feel helpless when I go to a grieving family who knows the truth and the power of Jesus Christ, i got nothing to say. Because they already know it. <laughs> so we sit around the table and we talk about the joyful things. We talk about the peace that they have. Yes, we weep and we cry. But we also rejoice. Because God is present with us. I want us to close with this, with this psalm. I want us to... To, I'm going to put it on the screen. I want us to read it out loud together. And if you're home, you can join us in this Psalm 139. It's a long psalm. We're going to say it together. But it talks about, it's, it's a great summary of the heart of the person who seeks God and serves God. Psalm 139. See if I can get it on my notes here. Here we are. My notes got mixed up summarizes the heart of the psalmist who writes it and the kind of heart that Jesus calls us to have and, and equips us with. So, so I invite us to read this out loud together as, the, as both as an individual, as a prayer, and while we're reading it, you think about it as you're saying it, but also listen to your brothers and sisters as we say this together. And so we as the body, not just a, a, a conglomeration of individual pieces, but one voice speaking with unity to God who loves not just me, but us. Not just us as a group of individuals, but us as one. Let's read this together. Prayerfully, Will you join me? And join us online too. O oh Lord, You have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I am far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me 
and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing upon my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I invite you to continue to pray as we sing together and I invite you to stand if you're home. Let's continue to, to pray. As we, as, and I invite you to continue to listen to God as we pray together in this psalm. Let those words flow over you again. If you need to come here, you just want to, the Lord's just saying, I just need to do something. God, I'm experiencing you. I just need to do something with your body. Maybe that thing is just to come down here and kneel and pray and talk honestly, freely. With God, Maybe you need somebody to pray for you. Go to one of the prayer stations and somebody will gladly pray for them. Like I said, you don't need to tell them everything. You don't need to tell them anything. You can just say, please pray for me. And if you're online, you can offer, you can request a prayer online. Let's take time to listen to God, to pray to God, to let God search our hearts and fill us with His presence and with His peace. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You Thank you, God, for making us wonderfully made. I love that line, God. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And God, there's so many times in my life when I complain about the complexity of my life. But 
Thank you, God, for making me so wonderfully complex. Thank you, God, that you are with me always. Thank you for your promises that you give to us. Come, Holy Spirit, as we sing, as we listen to you, fill us with your peace. Remind us of the forgiveness. Help us to repent and to confess our sin to you in order that we might be saved and these horrible things might not happen to us, but that we might serve you with gladness, with integrity, and with power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We worship you, God. Holy Spirit, come and visit us today. Move among us, God. Yeah.
you today, bowing down in worship, bowing down to serve you. That's what you've called us to do, God. You've saved us. You've set us apart. You've healed us. You've set us free so that we can serve. So, God, we thank you for that. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to call us to the things that you want us to do. Give us opportunities, Lord, to use the gifts that you've given us. Hallelujah. Lord, we look to you. We need your wisdom. We need your guidance. We need your strength. We're going to continue to spend some time in worship up here. When, when you need to go, you can go. The altar is still open for prayer. There are folks at the prayer station. If you're online uh, worshiping with us, there will be folks available to pray with you for another 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, don't leave this place or sign off online before you take an opportunity to ask somebody to pray with you. That's what you need because God is here. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us. God bless you.